We had Alicia and Nathaniel here, and they are missionaries uh, that work with uh, YWAM in Kona, and they are our missionaries, and we just love them, and we are so blessed that their visas didn't work out, so that they were stuck in Canada, so that they could be a part of of Ministry Multiplier's uh, orientation and just helping us to get it set on a firm foundation. And so we're just so blessed. And you know, I, I didn't know them very well because I've only been at the church for four years, but man, I love this couple. Like we are blessed to have such incredible leaders and for have, to have them partner with us and to share with us. And so we've invited them to come to share the message. So let's give them a big, rowdy, warm welcome. Thank you, Pastor Kimmy. Wow, good morning, church. Good morning. Great to be here. We love Gateway. Um, we have been in Prince George and BC for longer than we thought because of our visa. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that. But um, I, I'm just, Nathaniel's going to share the word this morning. I just wanted to come and say hello. You guys, what an amazing season. We, again, like Kimmy said, we are a part of this weekend with the ministry multipliers and just hearing more about the vision, the values of Gateway and who's involved. And can I just say, I, you guys, we as Gateway have amazing leaders and staff and elders, people who have said yes to being part of this church and this community, saying yes to what God wants to do in Prince George and in our lives right here. Um, we're just so encouraged, and I am just like, I want to follow you guys. I want to be a part of what's going on here. So we've been blessed to be a part of that this weekend and a little bit while we're home. Um, and just this morning, um, I would just want to share really quickly for those of you who might not know us so, so well, but Nathaniel and I, we have a passion to see young lives, young people transformed by God. Uh, we've been, we've invested 17 years of our lives in missions. So I grew up here, Nathaniel grew up in the Philippines and in New Zealand, and we are married and we've traveled the world. Right now we're in YWAM Kona. It's one of the largest um, training mission sending uh, campuses in the world, um, and so we love, we love working there. And um, we, we do recognize that right now in society, in our world, that um, values, beliefs, um, what are being, our culture is being challenged. And young people are being challenged, are struggling with their foundations. And, um, but our hope is in God. Our hope is in who he is. And we have seen that. We have seen lives transformed by his love. And these young people are going to the ends of the world. They are going in, back into society, university, and they are representing Jesus in these places. And it's awesome. And is what God is doing right here in this church. We, guys, we're being transformed by his love. And that's just because, that's just good. That's amazing because he wants us to live fully alive and who we are. But also he wants us that to flow out into the community. Um, and he's doing that. But that's what Nathaniel and I were so passionate about is seeing people transformed by his love to take that into the world. And so we wanted to share... Um, just a little uh, testimony of one of the students that has come through uh, a course that Nathaniel runs. It's a course in biblical worldview. And so this is one of the guys. And then Nathaniel will come up and he's going to share this morning. So um, check it out. Uh, hello, my name is Elijah Ward. I was a meth head. Plenty of people uh, in the world went through a lot of the same things and, and I'm, my story says that there's hope. It's not hopeless. 
It's not an endless pit like it seems it is sometimes. Before I had hope, um, I was not a friendly guy. I, um, I started doing meth when I was like 14. I was uh, very hurt. And you know the old saying, hurt people hurt people, but it really is true, you know? Uh, I was miserable. Hated everyone. You know, some people get that one and done kind of uh, redemption story, if you will. And mine, mine was not like that. I actually quit doing math when I was a Satanist. Basically, I, I, I never understood why people were so upset that I was living the way I was. You know, it's my life. Kind of get over it mentality. But I was uh, with this girl and we, we both kept overdosing. And uh, I, I was basically like, we're gonna die if we don't quit. And I did and she didn't basically. And um, being on the other side of that, really uh, I understood why uh, it was so hard for other people to see someone that you really care about destroy themselves over a substance especially. There was a big turning point, you know? Um, when there's all this external influence saying who you are, it's like I couldn't catch my breath enough to find out who I was for myself. It's something just kind of flipped. Like, it was a long journey from there, but that's when I stopped doing dope. I just decided I wanted to be good to the people that love me, um, no matter how I felt about it. And then, you know, I'm two years sober now. Um, but it was a lot, just a lot of choices, you know, like the next right thing. People, their value is not based on the life they live or the things that they do, you know? Like, we have intrinsic value as humans that like no one can take, but we try to diminish it. Like we stomp on our own value by degrading ourselves with sex, drugs, whatever it is, you know? Most people have their vice and uh, we're robbing from ourselves. And just to find my identity outside of any of the mistakes I've made or any of the things I like regret that it's like two different things yeah I uh, discovered that I'm like worthy of love you know like um, I'm not defined by who I was and um, I don't have to hold on to those things like I am who God says that I am and he says that I was worth it you know what brings me hope? Jesus, man. Jesus is my hope. I know there's, there's freedom from addiction and shame, and there's no telling me otherwise because I've lived it, you know? A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And uh, yeah, that's my, my experience. This is the only place. It's exclusively from Jesus. Isn't that true? If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have hope. But because of him, we have incredible hope. This morning, just thank you, worship team, for leading us. Wow, that was powerful. I feel like we needed that. <laughs> I feel like we needed to do some, some battling and some warring for ourselves. But this morning, I was really struck by the fact that, that this community needs you to war, to fight 
against the fear, to fight to gain that place that Christ has given you so that you could be the light to the community. And this is a a fun video, and you guys are seeing this happen here in PG as well. Again, we shouldn't be surprised that the power of God can change anybody's life. There is not a single person in this community, in Canada, in the nations of the earth, that the power of God, the blood of Christ, cannot radically transform and bring hope and change for. And we need to... We need to remember that because it, sometimes we can look at people in our community or our neighbors or our friends or how you can allow that to come as close to you as you'd like that to be. And we look at people and we say, I just don't know. <laughs> is the blood, is the cross <laughs> good enough, powerful enough? Sometimes we even ask that about ourselves. Oh, man, I guess I know why that person got saved and why they got transformed. God loves them. They're special. <laughs> But does God really care for me? <laughs> and maybe we're not struggling with substance abuse, but maybe it is these little things, or I'm not sure, but yet there are things that, that rob us from the true freedom of walking in Christ daily. And, and it's a war out there. Um, and this time on a Sunday morning is so important for that. But it, if this is all that it is, boy, we are, you are you are swimming up a very fast-flowing river <laughs> and taking one stroke. <laughs> you know, so we as, as Christ's ambassadors in Matthew, and I felt like as, as I was praying for you guys this morning and in the prayer time that you guys got a little sneak peek from, just felt like God was just highlighting that verse that says, you are the light on a hill. Uh, you are the salt of the earth. And this morning during worship, I just, this is breaking my heart considering others in the community that don't know. And what a gift to come this morning and just shake it all off. <laughs> sorry, to quote, so, uh, sorry to quote a musical artist <laughs> in church. <laughs> There's no affirmation. or just it's, it's a good idea. Shake it off, okay? What a gift to be able to come in here this morning and to, to allow those things just to be washed. If not for that, your day just is day after day of just getting slimed. It feels like the days right now are more crazy than before. (laughs) Can you imagine the problems of two years ago? (laughs) 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 Getting mad at traffic or, you know. (laughs) Amazon Prime starts delivering in a couple days and your package gets delayed an extra day and you're like, ah, the world is falling apart. If ever there's been a time that this world, this community needs to see the image of Christ displayed through people tangibly, it's now. And this is not a statement about you guys, but this is a statement maybe that we all need to, that we've all been aware of during what's been happening in COVID is that we're maybe not the the most unified picture of Jesus that, that we would hope to be. Our community maybe looks to us as a church and sees very similar things they're struggling with. <laughs> the same arguments that they're struggling with. The same debates that they're struggling with. And, and, it, and they're hopeless. If the light is not, I forget the exact scripture, but if the light is not light, <laughs> what hope is there? 
And this morning, I, we're, again, it's been such a fun time and such a gift for us to spend the last couple of days with the ministry multipliers and just hearing and even getting a better understanding of, of what sort of is forming you guys as a church. What are some of your mission statements? What's, what are the values that you're holding to? And what are the hopes that you have? And, and today, I just wanted to speak to a little bit of that and just to encourage. The Great Commission... <laughs> is the calling for every single one of us. We're saved for something. It's very easy to kind of, again, to look at people or to think about what needs to be done on the earth and to think it's, we just need to get people saved. And that's, that's really critical. But our salvation is a starting point for something. Jesus dying on the cross, the whole narrative of the Bible, which leads to the redemption story of Jesus, is testimony and and good news to us but the whole story of the bible also helps to inform us why we were set free and saved why did jesus die on the cross for you and for me and yes it is so that we would experience the joy of the lord yes it is that we would experience freedom yes it is all of those things absolutely and every single person in prince george needs to experience that i believe it is their right as a human being to experience and to, and to be told about the love of God. But then what? After 17 years in YWAM, I am absolutely convinced that, like I said before, that every single person can be changed and transformed by the power of God. The Great Commission says, therefore, go and preach the gospel to every person on the earth, every creature. <laughs> And we're doing that in a remarkable way right now. And you guys are engaging and preaching the gospel in the community. And missions around the world right now is in the most accelerated process that it's ever been in. In 2005, there were 639 people groups with over 100,000 in their language, tribe, or whatever that have never had the gospel presented to them in 2005. As of two years ago, I heard it was down to just one, and I'm pretty sure that there have been missionaries and churches that have been praying and sending people to get to that last people group, over 100,000. And now we're saying, Lord, what are the smaller people groups? You know, there's a people group in, in the islands in the Pacific where there's like 17 people that speak a language. You know, God wants us to get to those people and tell them that God loves you. You are created, you were designed, and there is a, there is a redemption story that God has for you. So that's part of the Great Commission. But the Great Commission also calls us to disciple the nations. And so while I have incredible faith that every individual can be changed and discipled, I, I struggle with the idea of a nation being discipled. Have you ever kind of, again, not people in the nation being discipled, that's already implied that that's part of the gospel. But God cares about the systems that happen in our community, the poverty he cares about injustice. He, he cares about education. <laughs> he care, the holistic transformation that's implied in the gospel is that individuals are redeemed, but also society is meant to be changed. And who's going to change it? Oh, it would be lovely if we could just pray and the Lord would change our political problems. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure if we would be praying against each other, though, but that's a different story, <laughs> right? <laughs> So I'm not sure, God's like, I want to answer your prayers, but I'm not sure whose I should answer. And so we have this idea that we are, we're confident that God can transform individuals. 
But the Great Commission, Matthew 28, talks about discipling nations and baptizing nations. <laughs> what does that look like? And who's called to do that? And if you were to think about nations, uh, just a little reflection this morning that I'd love to just share with you is that in a similar way to how uh, human bodies have different functions. We have lungs, we have a skeleton system. There are things in a human body that are, that are needed for us to survive. And if you were wanting to see a healthy human body, you would look at those different systems and you need to understand the original purpose of that system. And then you would find a system that's not working. And then the point of healthcare is to then go in and help to restore that organ or that system to its original purpose so that the whole human being can thrive, be alive. What is a nation? What is a city? How would you change Prince George? Yes, we change the individuals and the individuals go and change it. But do you understand that in the cities and in nations, there are actually structures that are formed? And God has purposes for those structures. If you were to look at any people group on the earth or any large nation and simplify down what makes a nation, just like a human body. Again, a human body, if you take away our skeleton system, we get a little bit wobbly real quick. We, we get a bit more jellyfish-like, a little bit less human, okay? So if you were looking at a nation, what are the irreducible things that every nation has? Because when we look at, we're called to disciple a nation, it helps to have a strategy to understand what are we meant to focus our attention on. We're saved to change something, but what are we changing and what is it meant to look like? Every nation, every tribe on the earth has a system of family. You can't have a nation without families. <laughs> no families mean no people means no nation, okay? <laughs> but families are the beginning and the foundation of healthy life, healthy society. Do you believe that God has a plan and a purpose for healthy families in this community? Do you see, a, do you see warfare on that right now? If we're meant to disciple the nations, part of what we're called to do is actually to invest in making sure that families are being discovered for the original purpose that God has for. Many of you in this church are families, so that's awesome. We can start right here. How, how can we support you and help you? What you are doing as a mother is part of the Great Commission. That's a calling. That is sacred. Oh, but I, I, I don't have a job. I just stay home and look after my kids. Are you kidding me? How do you disciple a nation if you don't first disciple your kids? In fact, if, you, if all of us Christians just spent our effort discipling our kids, it would, the job of the Great Commission would be a lot easier, and that's maybe a bit of a harsh statement, <laughs> but it really is. Who's responsible for our kids? It's, well, the, the, the computer games made them violent. Well, no, we're responsible for it. Do, do you see what I'm saying? This is a calling. Man, we need to affirm those that are called to serve the family, moms, dads, as a full-time part of the Great Commission. Every society has an economic system, a way to, to trade and, and to get needed services and goods to live. Now, that can be very complicated or it can be very simple. I spent many years in Papua New Guinea and very, very many times it was this family grew this thing and this family had fish and they would trade those things and that was what was part of how they provided for each other. And there was value for that. Wow, you're a fisherman. I can't live in my community without the gift of God on your life. So economics, every nation has an economic system. 
It's been developed by a worldview, by an idea. How many of you guys know there is warfare over our economic systems right now? There are people that are working in the business world who do not have God's plans and purposes at their heart's intention. Stewardship of the environment. <laughs> oh man, if I just take this resource, I can really make a lot of money. Do you know that the Great Commission challenges us to provide for people's needs through the services of business, but also to look after the environment? We're called to be stewards of this earth. It makes me sad that often, not, sometimes, often, sometimes non-Christians proclaim the loudest about the value of serve, looking after our, our physical world. And I'm like, <laughs> we believe that God created it. And he gave it to us as stewards. We should really be involved in looking after our planet, our community, our street. <laughs> this is part of the Great Commission. If you're called to work in business, you are a part of the Great Commission. Oh, but I just, I just created a business and I have people come and work for me. You know that God calls himself Jeho he's Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. Well, how does he want to provide for us? Oftentimes, it's through your business, your capacity to create wealth or things that then people need, and someone's ability to work for you is really part of the kingdom of God. Have you ever considered that before? Yes, preach the gospel to them, but consider as well your role as a businessman as actually key to seeing the kingdom of God. There's government. God, our God, is a just God. He's a defender of the weak. He's a protector Governments are designed by God to, to look after us, to protect us, <laughs> to fight for our freedoms, but also to do the things for us that we can't do for ourselves. Infrastructure. There are, some of this is part of God's design. Now, again, we can look at governments around the world or close to home, and we go, oh, this, how could God ever be favorable towards this? And again, this maybe isn't healthy, but our goal is to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And you know what? In the kingdom of God, there is justice. And some of you are called in this room to be an expression of that justice. My father was a missionary for 25 years in the Philippines, or 20 years in the Philippines. But at his deep heart, he was made in the image of God, and he expresses justice, and he sees injustice like no one else I know. <laughs> and after many years of being in missions, God let him come back to New Zealand to get involved in politics because somebody has to write laws, <laughs> Somebody has to help enforce those laws and, and do it in the right way and not do it corruptly and all these kind of things. Well, if it's not us, who is it? Do we need people to go and invest their life to go as the Great Commission calls us to and be an expression of God's biblical justice in government? What would it look like? What blessing would come to a nation if all those in our political realm were transformed by the power and the love of God? We need that. The Great Commission calls us to see every individual change, but it also calls for us to transform our societies. Every nation also has education. How would they do education? What should that look like? Oh, well, we have these classrooms that are set up like this, and we have testing done like this, and that, that describes how someone is smart. Is it? <laughs> how did God create us? What does he think about your value as a person? How does he want to lead you to be someone who is able to give your gifts and skill to bless society? What would biblical education look like? There are some of you in this room here who the gift of God is on your life to be a teacher. 
And boy, you are facing some challenges right now in your career. We often picture missionaries going to a faraway land and, and walking into warfare. <laughs> and I've definitely been to, to locations as a missionary where I'm like, wow, we are in enemy, enemy territory right here. But I want to tell you, P- Christians that are school teachers right now, boy, on a Monday morning, you're walking into enemy territory, teaching curriculum and education that some of it is just from the pit of hell. But if not for us, connecting the idea that our faith is meant to help us to see individuals transformed, but also our faith is meant to inform us for how to be extravagant in our vocation, then we're going to let other people decide those things, and we don't, we don't engage with all of our strength and all of our might and all of our soul. Every nation on earth has a way that they communicate. Now, again, it could be very simple, <laughs> It could be very complicated, but there's a way that they would communicate and express truthful information about what is happening so that the community can be informed and can do things. How many of you guys know it's important to know if there's a forest fire coming towards you, you need to be able to hear that information and know that it's true. So the area of media and communications is actually really important for the health of a nation, for a city. But what happens when that media communication maybe isn't true? Or you don't trust it anymore? (laughs) We need people that are called by God to go as a representation of truth, that know how to communicate it. We need people to be journalists, and it's like, wow. <laughs> you were called by God to be a journalist? Oh, that, at this moment, that sounds so, like, evil, or, oh, man, that's, you know? Or you're called by God to be a politician. Oh, <laughs> we need to pray for you a bit more. <laughs> it's like, yes, we do! But not because you're doing something wrong. It's because you are entering into a, a, war, a war zone. Media communications is critical. We are in a frozen state in many of our, like a deer caught in headlights in around the world. And part of where our fear is coming from right now is because of this area of media communications. And it affects all of us. Area of celebration, arts, entertainment, sports. This describes for us how to celebrate. Do you know that God is beautiful? <laughs> Everything that he made is beautiful. He created you with your ear bu- your earbuds. No, your, your ears, your taste buds, and your eyes. And he gave us our senses. I know. I'm teaching heresy this morning. You're catching me, <laughs> earbuds. So we just go and eat bland food? No, you know, the kingdom of God, I guarantee you, we have an amazing future and an inheritance when we go to be with the Lord in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is going to be full of beauty full of joy, full of celebration, feasts. (laughs) That sounds weird to say, but these are things that are part of the kingdom of God. Music, yes, for the worship, but also just music for the soul. (laughs) What makes music holy unto the Lord? Is it the lyrics or is it the... Or is it just there's an element of the way that God created us that there's beauty in it and our souls need beauty. If you're called into the area of arts, entertainment, or sports, boy, you're called into a war zone right now. (laughs) Our media right now loves to prey on or distribute or gets paid by sexualizing everything, violencing everything. God loves this area because of what it can do for us, but the enemy is loving it because of what it can do to influence our society to do wrong things. And every society on earth, every nation on earth, 
has a religious system. And that religious system helps to orientate all of the other spheres. It helps to interpret to them what their purpose is in the bigger picture. And there are those of you that are called to serve in full-time ministry. And boy, you have a task on your hands as well. (laughs) Your role is to equip the saints, to equip the teachers, to help them to see what extravagant faith looks like from Monday to Friday. (laughs) The Great Commission is a call for every single one of us. There are not some that are more special than others. Every single part of that picture of a nation is just like every single part of the body. Some parts of the body are more visible and they get praise. You know the scriptures that talk about that. But every single part is critical. And if we are going to be the body of Christ right now, that our city needs, that our nation needs, my challenge to us this morning is to begin to discover again what God's purposes are for each of those things. If you have liquid going into your lungs that's not a good thing (laughs) but you don't fix broken lungs by giving it blood does that make sense (laughs) if your heart's not doing well it's meant to pump the blood so we need to understand as God's children first of all who we are our identity this morning's worship was critical for us to rediscover and claim our authority as sons and daughters but what's it meant to lead us to do it's meant to then equip you every single one of you that Monday morning (laughs) to go out there and be an expression of the kingdom of God. A physical taste. The Bible Bible calls us ambassadors of Christ. Remember when you used to be able to go and do taste tests at ice cream stores? (laughs) Remember when they had all those little spoons that you could all eat? I'm not sure if they still do. I don't think so. I can't imagine that's still happening right now. (laughs) You could look at all the different flavors and you could get a little foretaste of that. Church, I want to encourage you this morning. And I felt like God was saying that the keys to seeing transformation in Prince George are you. You are the foretaste of a little part of who God is. Maybe I just play music. Oh, there are some times when we just need to experience beauty. There are some of you, you're called to work in business. Oh my goodness, there is such an anointing and a calling and a need for that right now (laughs) to help people have provision. These are not sacred or secular things. These are all part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is total transformation in every part of society. This morning in worship, I just felt like God was saying, the game bell is ringing. And there is an enemy who has aligned himself to take down every single one of these categories, family, education, economics, government, Religious sphere, there's other religious beliefs right now. There is an enemy who is strategically trying to destroy individuals and the community. And I feel like God is saying it's game time. And it's not just some of you that need to get up and step up onto the stage, but this morning I felt like God was saying in the midst of us encouraging ourselves to have bold faith and to have hope again, that God is wanting to say, hey, what you do Monday to Friday is not just something on the side, it is the kingdom of God. And our community is desperate for an expression of the kingdom of God. Desperate to have a little foretaste of what this kingdom is, that we, this king that we worship. There is none like him. We know that. But there are those out there that don't. And they need to experience that in an impersonal, tangible way. They need to experience that in who God is. But they also need to experience it in their culture, in their day. And we're called to be that. 
going to finish this morning again just with the band. And that, that song they played is such a great song to finish off with. The Spirit is moving over the water. I just feel like God wanted to invite you afresh to kind of just, just wipe away the thoughts you have for that, that kind of we can just get into the routine of going to work every single day. And we have that routine. And I just felt like the, this morning was such a helpful lead for us to go, you know what? God's wanting to speak something new. He's wanting to speak something and, and fresh vision for what it is that you do throughout your week. And that vision, first and foremost, comes from understanding who God is. The disciples asked Jesus to pray, uh, how should we pray? And Jesus said, pray like this, our Father is holy, <laughs> meaning there's none like him. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. If our eyes are f- focused on anything else, we're not going to be a, a foretaste, an expression of the kingdom of God. We need to come to that place where we deeply engage with who God is so that we see what his kingdom is like, so we can go out from here refreshed, charged, ready to be extravagant in practical faith, to be a school teacher <laughs> that values the individual and that fights against the warfare that's in that category. So as a team just sort of leads us in worship, and I just want to pray and then let them lead. And I just, this is a personal thing for you, but I feel like God's saying, it's game time. <laughs> and he's given you gifts and skills, and he's calling every single one of you to be part of the kingdom of God and part of the Great Commission, part of the transformation that is happening right now in PG. And there are people who are crying out to know and to experience the King of Kings, Lord, Lord, and the kingdom of God that is on earth <laughs> And it needs to be more and more and more. So how about we just stand and as these guys lead into the course, I just want to pray and, and we'll wrap up for the morning. Dear Lord, I just, we come before you and we pray that prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I just pray over each and every person in this room, God, that there is not one of them that is not part of your kingdom that is not called, Lord God, that every single person in this room has a very critical part of seeing the transformation of this society, of discovering, God, what it is, the skills you gave them, why those are important. So, Lord, this morning as we just go back into this, this song that talks about you speaking in the very beginning and creating out of formless and void, Lord, I want to pray that this morning to be fresh vision. Without vision, people perish, it says in Proverbs. This morning, Lord God, we ask, maybe not for our sake, but Lord God, for the sake of our community, for the sake of those in our community that are hurting, that don't have provision or that are afraid or that are, Lord, just all of the challenges that they face right now, Lord God, we are part of seeing the kingdom of God expressed. And so Lord, I pray this morning, would you anoint each and every one of us with the unique gifts and callings. God, I pray for faith to come for how to be extravagant in their workplace, for how to be extravagant in these different callings they've given. Lord, it's a bit strange to look around and go, what does it look like to be extravagant as a business leader? Well, Lord, we thank you, God, that your kingdom, we can come to you and say, Father, teach me. Show me how to be like you. Show me how to be a part of this kingdom. So Jesus, come, speak afresh this morning. I ask fresh vision today that, Lord, that our community would begin to be changed, to be transformed even more this week. In Jesus' name.